Today we are finally at the end of trial. We're on the last week of this long. Oh. Well, not the last wow. episode because there's a lot more to follow up after. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. There's still going to be plenty to talk about. Not the last about. week of the trial. But the last week That's of the trial. That says a lot. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so the guys had just, Scott had testified. Remember, that was pretty emotional, and uh-huh. he kind of came at the prosecutor, and he's like, hey, you destroyed my life, ask me hard questions, so that ended mm-hmm. the questioning, and then Brian had to yeah. to damp himself, <laughs> which was a crazy adventure, and so Jeremy what? decided, I am not doing that. He looked like such a dope, like, that was so awkward. I I wouldn't say he looked like a dope. I was really proud. That was a very courageous thing for him to do. It's crazy that he did such a good job it is. at doing it. Yes. Especially for not being an attorney. Oh, yeah. I would challenge any attorney to figure out how to ask yourself questions without, like, leading yourself, without <laughs> arguing with uh-huh. yourself, without... Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, be, Setting yourself without, up? Yeah, without doing a narrative, because they would say, he's just talking. He's, well, and they wouldn't yeah. let him just talk. So, yeah, it was yeah. really crazy. Uh-huh. So, the last week of trial, when, it, <laughs> remember at the beginning of trial, that the Wells Fargo guy was on, one of the hot shots from Wells Fargo was on the stand for the government. Okay. And All right. Jeremy had handed Marcus this application that he had just filled out a week before trial. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. To show... Because they kept testifying, we would never allow this person because he's on the match list. We would never allow him to get a, a merchant account. <laughs> not not if we knew who he was. And so he just did it as himself a week before mm-hmm. trial, and they gave him a merchant <laughs> account. Well, it, what was crazy about that was when he called the merchant account number, I think I ex- explained it before, he said, look, I've got a 1,000 employees, my processor... The mid middle mm-hmm. guy is telling me that I need to split this up into multiple companies because we've got all this affiliate fraud coming in. And mm-hmm. so they want me to split it up into different corporations so we can figure out where the fraud's coming from. But I don't know how to fill out the application because I don't know how many employees to put in that box where it says how many employees. Right. And the woman from Wells Fargo says, Sad. it doesn't matter. We never read it anyway. And he's like, well, I just don't know what to put. And she said, you know what? I will fill one out for you and email it to you. So she filled it out for him, emailed it back to him, and his account was approved. And she put, and he said, I, I, remember, he <laughs> said, I have a hundred, I have a thousand employees. And she put something uh-huh. in the application, like 150. Like she just picked a number out of a hat, right? Okay. So, okay. And we had tried to get that recording in earlier in the trial, uh-huh. and the judge wouldn't allow it. Well, the, right. the proper way for it, us to get the recording in, in is to have that woman testify. So, man, we were, like, rocking this thing. We were ready to have this woman testify uh-huh. and excited. It would correct all kinds of wrongs that the government yeah. had been telling. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. I think it was, like, the Friday before, just before we're going into the last week of trial, the judge is saying... Now, remember, the case was six weeks long. The government presented their case for four weeks. We had one week of defense. At the end of the first week of defense, the judge is pressuring the the defense so bad, saying, look, we told this jury they were only going to be here six weeks, so we better wrap this up. What? Wait, can you do that? He did. And so he's saying... Oh, my gosh, this judge is crazy. (laughs) So he said, I want to see your witness list. 
who is on the witness list to be called for the last week. And, of course, that woman, her name is on the list. We've sent her a subpoena. She's out of Arizona at the Merchant Uh Account Service Department at Wells Fargo. We've sent her a subpoena. We're ready to fly her in to testify the following week. Okay. And the judge says, and he's going through each witness. Well, who's this witness? What are they going to testify of? What is this one? What are they going to testify of? And mm-hmm. now wait, wait. When he's going through your list, is the jury there? Or no, are they no, dismissed no. Again? No, this is like okay. This is like outside of the presence of the jury. Okay. Good question. Okay. And he's just trying to say, like, look, we only have this jury, and it truly is precious time that you have with the jury for them to sure that they're volunteering yeah. their time. Well, they get paid like fifty bucks or something for the day. Yeah, yeah. So, and then some companies have to keep it, in, or you lose your wage for the day, or something yeah, weird. Right. Yeah. And we get to that woman's name, and he said, "Now, who is this? And what is she?" And Jeremy said, "She is from Merchant Account Services in with Wells Fargo Bank. She's out of their call center in Arizona." And he said, mm-hmm. "Well, she's a low-level employee. What is she going to testify of?" And Jeremy said. She will be testifying. Now, this is going to be huge, huge. Right. Uh Jeremy says she will be testifying to the false statements to a bank. Now, you've hardly even heard me mention that charge. You hear me talk about Uh money laundering, wire fraud, bank fraud, all these big charges. Truly, Uh of all the charges that they were facing, false statements to a bank are the most minor of all. We acknowledge that. And the judge says... Those are the most minor of all the charges that you're facing, Mr. Johnson. And Jeremy said, well, yes, Your Honor, but I want to be able to address every charge against me. And the judge said, well, this is a low-level employee. Jeremy said, I know, but she is the one that actually works in the merchant department and actually filled out an application. I want her to testify as to how Wells Fargo operates, even to this day, how they do with the merchant okay. account. And the judge yeah. says, I will not allow it. I don't understand how he can keep doing this. Because I don't get it. I don't I, either. I, I'm really struggling with that. Oh, we were really, I can't really imagine struggling. sitting in there watching this it and was, thinking, it what hurt in the so hell much. is going on? It was so much yeah. stress. And Jeremy says, but your honor, I need her to testify. And the judge said, Mr. Johnson, you have had, like, the vice president of Wells Fargo. You could have brought it in through that. And Jeremy's like, your honor, the vice president. We tried. Like, with all due respect, he doesn't know how it happens on this level. True. The actual person, like the bank tellers and the, the people in the merchant account answering service... The vice president really doesn't know what they do and say at that level, True. apparently, because right. they were saying different things and doing different things. Yeah. They were saying this wasn't even happening. Right. That they would never allow that mm-hmm. to happen. So Jeremy explains, Your Honor, I need her to testify to this to show they're still practicing this way to this day. And the judge said, nope, she's scratched off the list. I'm not going to allow you to bring her in. We're in a hurry. We can't do this. And so Jeremy said, well, wait a minute. How will I get that recording in? Because that was crucial to us to show how Mm -hmm. she said we don't even look at that number. Wells Fargo doesn't care what that number of employees, they don't care what it says. Right. How are we going to get that in if we can't put her on the stand? And the judge said, you're not getting it in. Bottom line. Bottom line. He doesn't care. End of story. That's it. So we didn't get to call her. We had already sent the subpoena. We just didn't get to fly her in and bring her. 
So we're coming to the last week of trial, and we're trying to figure out, okay, how can we make up for that? Because, I mean, that's, again, out of 86 felonies, there are only, like, eight charges that are involving false statements to a bank for Jeremy. But still. And Mm -hmm. eight with Scott, and five with Ryan. But still, yeah, there still counts. But it seems to me that as you start whittle away... Like, if I have 86 and I can get rid of 8, now I'm down to 78. Right. Then I go to, you know what I mean? Yes. You're whittling them out. Exactly. So it's not fair that he's like, well, this is a low level. Yeah. Well, can the low level still put me in prison? Yes. Because then it's important. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So we decided, okay, if the judge won't let that woman come and testify and get the recording in, so now we can't Mm -hmm. use that recording. That's totally out. There's no way for us to bring the recording in. Because you have to have a witness that's part of it to be able to use that recording. Oh, okay. Because you can't just say, here's evidence that I have. You have to have a witness that was part of that or like connected to it so that they can lay the foundation to bring that evidence in. Unless Jeremy testifies. And Jeremy said, I don't want to do what Ryan did. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I talked till I was blue in the face. I'm like, I know it's awkward and you, if you feel stupid, but I really think the jury needs to hear your voice. And Jeremy was saying, they've heard my voice every day for five weeks. I think that's got to be not about the right thing. Exactly. Yeah. So he and I disagreed on that. He did not take the stand. He didn't want to look stupid doing that. Yeah, I can understand that too. I can. Though. And they'd been so brutal to Jeremy every day. Like, they were worse on Jeremy yeah. than Ryan. So yeah. if it was that hard for Ryan, I know it would have been even harder for Jeremy. So I right. do understand. So one of our last witnesses was legal counsel for iWorks for Jeremy. And we've talked about him a few times, remember? He's testified before for the government. We cross-examined him. But Mm -hmm. now we were bringing him in as our witness. And there were some declarations that he had signed that were very beneficial to Jeremy and the guys to explain that he had consulted with big law firms about can this be done, how can it be done. And so those declarations, of course, we wanted to bring him in to testify and we knew he wouldn't say very much, but we had those declarations that he had signed previously. So we wanted okay. to get them in. Please tell me you were able to. No, I can't tell you that, Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to tell you. Oh, my God. I want you to hear how this conversation went with the judge and Marcus. And Marcus is arguing to say, Your Honor, I want to get these declarations in, right? And the judge responds and says... I'm not going to permit the use of of the declarations. Exhibits, and he gives the numbers, 1356 of 1947. So I'm granting motion 1326 to preclude it. So the government had made a motion prior to court asking that we don't even get to use those. Because, again, it would ruin their case. (laughs) Right? Oh, my gosh. And Marcus says, could I just respond very briefly? The judge, no, that's a ruling. Marcus, I I don't I don't mean to do this, Your Honor, but the court, you are doing it. Marcus, well, and then the judge, I heard you, I ruled, and that's the end. And Marcus asks, can I put him on the stand to see if he disavows them? If he like says I wouldn't sign those today. So he was saying, Can I just do that? The judge, no. Marcus, because he doesn't disavow the first one. The judge, have a seat. Will Mr. So-and-so then be your next witness? And Marcus answers, well, I don't, I don't want to go to jail today, Your Honor. I, I, I really don't. Remember, he stutters. 
but mm-hmm. but but what the government if the government has said that he disavows the one that is not true and the judge he disavowed one of them in his deposition clearly i just wanted to get that in there to show how the level of fear that marcus had because i told you he'd been they'd been calling marshals in so we're at the end of sure. trial and mark i've never heard a, an attorney say anything like this like can I please put this witness on the stand and ask him questions? Like, I don't want to go to jail. I'm not trying to make you so mad that you throw me in jail, but please. I just want please, to do my job. Can yeah. I do my, and the judge wouldn't allow him. And the other issue, I wanted to show how good Jeremy was. He'd gotten so good being an attorney. So had Ryan. Like, those guys were killing yeah. it. I was so proud of them. I haven't given very many examples of Jeremy doing that, and I just wanted to show. when. Okay. Jeremy Livingston, one of the Idaho guys, uh-huh. was on the stand, and they made it so difficult. So this, I just want to show the process worked for Jeremy. Jeremy says, in the meeting, was Mr. Phillips already familiar with the issues that Iworks was dealing with with the chargebacks? Don't touch my Ty Kennedy. It says, objection, calls for speculation 602, which they have all the, remember, Mark, Tom yeah. explaining that to cite the number, and mm-hmm. the judge sustained. And then Jeremy what was discussed in that meeting. Now, that was impressive that he could even come up with a new question. Keep I've, going. Mm-hmm. So the answer, in the meeting with Dander, it was an introductory meeting to introduce yourself and your company, and it was a meeting to discuss the problems that you were having and if Andy could assist you or not. Jeremy, and did Andy agree to assist us? Answer, yes, he did. What were his suggestions? Don't touch my Ty Kennedy. Objection, calls for hearsay. The judge, sustained. Jeremy, did Andy have conditions that he wanted us to meet? In coordination with him, agreeing to process iWorks transactions. And Livingston answers, I don't know if they were conditions. It was a framework. It was a structure. Thank you. Tell the jury, if you will. See how impressive Jeremy was? Yeah. He's like, tell yeah, the, he's getting it down. He really was. He's like, tell the jur- jury, if you will, what the framework, what was that structure? Objection. Hearsay. Sustained. So they don't get to go down that road. So Jeremy, again, he finds it impressively finds a new, uh-huh. and he says, what was the structure and framework that was set up as a result of that meeting? Perfect question. And the answer, mm-hmm. the structure framework was that you would break up processing into various entities. Remember the, mm-hmm. the last episode that when Andy Phillips testified mm-hmm. and he's like, I didn't know they were doing all these shell companies. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah, Here's whatever. a guy that was in that meeting and he testified, yes, that's how we set it yes, up. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to show that and to show how amazing Jeremy had become. And so had Riddle. Man, they were thinking on their feet, weren't they? Oh, they had to because mm-hmm. every time they'd ask a question, like, bam, bam, like, Mm-hmm. Like getting bonked on the head. Nope, nope, nope. I was just so impressed with how well these guys adjusted and learned. It was Gosh. awesome. So we decided, yeah. that's okay. We'll get over that because we have our expert to testify. We'll finish our case with our expert. And okay. our expert was, remember Napster? You'd get free music when the music... Yeah, like LimeWire. Yeah, before LimeWire, yeah. uh-huh. yes. And our expert, and he was in college at the time that Napster was happening and all that. Oh, okay. And he decided, you know what? Something needs to be done. He was a college student. And he thought something okay. needs to be done because he was this big time computer geek, internet nerd, okay. was just another super smart guy. And he decided, mm-hmm. we've got to change this because if we don't stop 
people from getting free music now, everything will be free. Nothing will ever be protected. We've got to change the law so that intellectual properties are protected. And he is the guy that went to our legislators and argued that and changed it and made Napster illegal. No kidding. No kidding. Huh, okay. And then he became an internet marketer guy and he made millions and millions of dollars as an internet marketing guy. So he's kind of like the Bill Gates of internet marketing, right? Oh, okay. So we bring him in. Now, their expert had been in court every single day of trial. Not just because he's a good guy and he cares so much. He was getting paid every day for trial. To sit there, okay. I added up what he made for this trial is somewhere around $125,000 to no $140,000. Just by sitting there. Just by sitting there watching trial, watching every witness, so that he could be prepared to testify as the government's expert witness. Okay. Our expert witness, the judge allowed us a budget of $15,000 for him. No kidding. Pissed me off. It didn't yeah, seem fair did. to me. Uh-uh. No. So we don't get to have our guy come and sit through the whole trial. We have to just have right. him fly in. Try to hit the right spot. Yeah, and then and we then say, this is what's been happening in trial. We couldn't get this witness in about false statements to a bank, so we need you to testify how that works. We need you to testify about this. And then all the areas that we had been blocked mm-hmm. and prevented from being able to bring evidence in, we were going to run everything in through the expert. Because typically an expert just talks. They're an expert. You just let them talk, right. and that's how it works. Yeah. So our expert gets on the stand. It's the last day of trial. He's our last witness. You always put your expert as your last witness. Oh, okay. I'm excited. I'm hopeful. This is awesome. We get to trial. And I had to do something for the defense on the way to court. Sometimes they would ask me, like, hey, run and get this for us. We need it at court today, whatever. Okay. Or maybe I was just late. Who knows? That I know that doesn't sound okay. like me. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, Shelly. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I get to court. Court's already in session. We'd start at 7.30 in the morning. So that was that could be part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I get there, and our expert is not in the courtroom, but the court is in session. And I see him out in the hallway, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing out here? What? Now, I can't really talk to him because he's been sworn in now. So I can't say, what's going oh. on? i like, what, what? Tell me, what'd they say? What'd you say? Because oh. that interferes. So I'm like, what the crap? So I go in the courtroom. Here's what's happened. He really mm-hmm. was a charming guy. So he starts testifying. He'd only been on the stand maybe 15 minutes. And the jurors, you can see, like, when jurors like someone, it's, it's usually uh-huh. pretty obvious mm-hmm. whether they yeah. believe this person or don't believe them. And in this case, they were, like, leaning in, very engaged. This Mm -hmm. guy's very personable. He's just authentic. When he talks, you know this guy knows his crap. He knows what he's talking about with internet marketing. So the jurors are leaning in. They're into it. And the prosecution, I believe, could feel it. Like, oh, crap. We are in trouble. We're in trouble. Uh, So they're Mm -hmm. objecting. But it's really hard to object to an expert. It's just harder. It's not the same kind of thing. We're not oh. We're not trying to get evidence in through that person. We're not trying to get an email in. Okay. Usually okay. you just say, how does internet marketing work? Explain it. And so he just starts talking, and it makes so much sense. And just like in the movie, Liar, the- Liar, like, Your Honor, uh-huh. objection. Well, what's the objection? He's... <laughs> 
destroying my case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hello. Horrible. Like, what is up? So they objected. So then they asked the jury to be excused, because now we're going to have a really big fight. So they have the witness leave. Oh my gosh. The government objects. Now, there were six areas that we were going to have this expert testify in. And one okay. of them is the false statement. All these areas that we couldn't get. Affiliate fraud. In any other way. Without talking mm-hmm. about affiliate fraud, we were going to talk about what happens when you have customers that are doing bad things, like chargebacks mm-hmm. and what, how does this work he was going to explain all that really simply for everyone and they didn't like it so they objected and said well, imagine that yeah so they objected and they said your honor we don't believe that he is an expert that he's qualified enough because that's how you start saying well what's your experience well i have a company and we process and we do like 50 million gotcha. a year or something i can't remember how many okay. millions he does a year but that's what he was testifying of like this is my experience okay. i've done intermittent net marketing i left college to do this i stopped napster i was the one that changed that so they object and say we don't believe he's an expert in all six areas we think he should only have an expertise in a few of those areas that we acknowledge and the judge basically said i'm summarizing here This is what it sounded like to me. I'll do better than that for you guys. I'm not even going to accept him as an expert. Wait, how can he do... Oh, I I shouldn't even ask that. And and it was over. I'm sitting there thinking, this can't be it. This cannot be it. Like, no way. And so Marcus is arguing with everything that he's got. Your Honor, he's an expert. And let me explain his background. and And the judge is like, he didn't go to college. He blah, blah, blah. He can't be an expert in this. What the? If that's the criteria, are you kidding? Steve Jobs is Uh not an expert. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, there's a lot of them out there. Bill Gates is not an expert. Like, Uh those guys Uh all dropped out of college. Are you kidding me? That's how they're doing? Like, that makes no sense. That's not right. It's not fair. No. You guys are just screwed all the way around. Oh, we were so screwed. And I can't even tell you. (laughs) I I laughed only because I wasn't sitting in there. It wasn't my life. But I'm just like, oh. my gosh. I had the biggest lump in my throat, Shelly. I can't tell you. Uh Uh-huh. I I can't even imagine. I can't even tell you. Like, we had so much hanging, so much hope hanging on our expert. And Mm -hmm. the judge just took it away from us. Just like that. Just bam. Yeah. He's out. And we're arguing and and we're like, wait a minute, but your honor, like to get an expert, you don't just show up with your expert. You have to send the credentials ahead of time. Right. You don't. There's a process. There's a process. Mm -hmm. We did the process. It was all approved. And now this is what they're doing to us. Like you've got to be, it was To say devastating is, it it feels like that's not a strong enough word. So the judge says, I'm not going to allow it. That's it. I'm not going to allow it. You're done. Bring your next witness. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, that is our last witness. We don't have another witness. What What can we do? This guy was supposed to bring in all the, like, kind of sew everything all together for us. Yeah, exactly. Do all the house cleaning. Sweep everything in a big pile. We'll throw all that pile of crap out that they've been leaving Mm -hmm. How are we going to do this now? Like, my head's just spinning. How do we do this? What do we do? And the jury's not in the room. They're not present. They have no idea what just happened. No, they don't. What they saw was, our expert's on the stand. He's testified 15 minutes. The prosecution asks to have a conference, and they ask the jury to leave. So the jury leaves. Then Mm -hmm. we start Mm -hmm. arguing. We're arguing, arguing, arguing. And the judge says, I'm going to give you a 30-minute recess to figure out who your next witness is. And you're like, we don't oh, need 30 minutes. Okay, dude. no, we took 30 minutes, and we go out. Marcus and Jeremy and Ryan and the expert, they go in this room 
in a, in a little conference room, smaller than our break room. I wish I could describe the emotions and the, the tension for everyone, the stress level. I've never, yeah. I, I don't even think I have words because it was so, like, I had this huge lump in my throat. I felt like crying. And I'm trying not to cry, I, and I, but I don't even know what to say to even be positive. Right. No offense to anyone, but you guys are screwed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's nothing. Like, <laughs> exactly. In a sailboat with no sails, you're not going anywhere. Right. And so I went in our break room, the, the lunchroom, the big room, just because I didn't, ha- I didn't know where to go. I felt lost. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know where, where everyone else was, but then Scott came in there. With his wife, Sandy. Okay. Because Marcus was in meeting with the expert to figure out where we were going next. And Mm -hmm. I'd not seen Scott cry. And I told you Scott was like, he'd lost, I don't know how much weight. Scott was already skinny now. He was just like this tall skin and bone guy in a nice suit. Like, Scott came in, walked in the room just like a couple minutes after I got in there. And it was just he and I and Sandy... And I looked in his eyes, and I my I was almost crying. And I looked, and Scott had tears in his eyes. And I wrapped my arms around his skinny waist, and I said, mm-hmm. Scott, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I felt so powerless. And Scott was just crying. I had never... Yeah. I'd never seen him cry. Like, everything we'd yeah. been through... I, I, literally, I I just didn't have any anything to say. This isn't a big deal, because it was a huge deal. What, what can you say? Because everybody knows it's the end of the road. Yeah. And your main guy that you've been waiting and waiting and waiting, your key witness, yeah. the judge shut him out. Right. And so I went... That's crazy. So I talked with him and Sandy for just a minute. I, like I said, I didn't have anything positive to say. I just cried with them. Mm-hmm. And then... I left and went back to the room where they were brainstorming on what do we do using our th- yeah. every second of our 30 minutes. And we decided, and I say we meaning they, <laughs> Marcus and the team decided there was a guy in Boston that had done a lot of processing and we could bring him in as our last witness and he could testify about all these things. So we'll cover all okay. our bases with him. So we're like, okay, great. Like a football team, like, ready, break. We got it. We go back Mm -hmm. in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. Actually, they had brought the jury in. The jury was present at this time. Okay. But they come back in, and the witness is no longer there. The judge doesn't explain, oh, we just kicked him out. (laughs) I didn't agree that that guy's an expert. The judge didn't explain one damn thing. It's just he was gone. Is he supposed to? Is in typically most of the time, they do. They say, yeah, they typically okay. explain things. Yeah. So I thought it was really odd that he wasn't explaining anything. But then I thought, well, maybe right. they explained it when I was. I mean, there, I was so emotional. I didn't know that I missed something. Right. Like, right. Like, like, yeah. Uh huh. Did they send a note back to the jury? Hey, this is what happened. We're like because they do stuff like that sometimes. Like they'll have the marshal go in and explain. Like, oh, they're just having this hearing over this witness. Like whatever. So, okay. the jury's in the room, and the judge says, All right, defense, are you ready to proceed? Marcus sends up, Yeah, Your Honor, we're going to call Mr. So-and-so from Boston. And he said, Okay, is he ready? Um, no, Your Honor. 
we he's were, in Boston. Yeah, he's I in, don't know if you know that Utah is not next door to Boston, yes. sir, but Boston. Boston. <laughs> he said, well, we hadn't anticipated calling him. We were going to have our expert be the last witness. So we don't have him here. We need to call and make flight arrangements so we can have him here tomorrow morning. And we weren't even sure. Like, Marcus you is hope. saying that. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to fall on me. Because I'm the one that, I'm like, oh, no, uh-huh. I've got to call like, this I'm guy. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'll start making the red eyes. <laughs> so I'm uh-huh. like, i got to call this guy. I hope he's guy. not on vacation. Yeah. Like, in I'm, I'm going to have to try yeah. to make this guy show up tomorrow like magic. So I'm feeling stressed when he says it. And the judge says, Mr. Mumford, I am not going to ask this jury to go home today having heard no testimony and then waste a day of the court's time and the juror's time and then come back tomorrow for one witness. I am not going to do it. I'm not going to allow it. So who is your next witness? And Marcus was like, well, uh, then I guess we're done, Your Honor. The defense rests. It was oh. like a knife in our heart. Like, Oh, it's just like all of the oxygen got sucked out of the room. <laughs> yep. And wow. at that moment, Jason Burt, the attorney that I have not been very fond of, and Karen Foytek, who I also had not been fond of, the prosecutors, those two, there were four of them, but those two, Karen, she was sitting at the back table. Jason was sitting at the front table because he's usually one of the two leads. And I knew what was happening. The second that we said the defense rests, Jason wanted to leave the room so he could go prepare his closing argument. The jury's right there next to prosecution table, okay? Right, right. When he stands up to leave, he holds his hand up and high fives Karen Foytek. They high we got this in the bag. They high fived each other as he left the room. I have never seen a prosecutor act like that ever it, and this is in front of the jury right and it's improper i'm saying that but stop and think if you were on the prosecuting table they were like the golden child it didn't matter if they objected or not because if they didn't the judge did for them it was just like this is almost ridiculous that this is so easy that i'm winning right like, i've won this yeah i won this the first three days i didn't even really have yeah. to show up right that's so wrong it was but... so wrong for them to yeah. high five on their way out of court i had thoughts of going like jumping up and as he walked out of the courtroom tackling him and just punching him in the stomach oh i was so mad <laughs> i was so no, grab grabbing by the tie yeah i <laughs> touch his tie <laughs> well that's kennedy that gets mad i'm not sure i know but, but maybe he would too <laughs> maybe he you could might. be like oh i can grab your tie <laughs> Yeah. I was so hurt. I was so angry. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even believe yeah. it. I'd have been so pissed off. And that was yeah. it. That was the end of our case. Wow. Now explain. So we've heard the prosecution and we've heard the defense. Now, what are the next steps that happen in a normal trial? So the next step is closing arguments. And then we turn it okay. over to the jury. And because okay. this is such a big trial, like closing argument isn't like a few minutes I think the government had an hour for their closing argument. Defense, each of the defendants had like 45 minutes or something for their closing. Okay, remember, they let the jury go home for the day and say tomorrow morning there will be closing arguments. Like after six weeks, we're finally getting done here, folks. And remember attorney number four when Jeremy needed help? 
earlier and he said, will you jump in and help me? And he said, yeah. And he for said, 25. yeah, you pay me 25000 Yep. So here we are getting ready for closing arguments. And number four says to Jeremy, like just privately, just the two of them, he says, I'll give your closing argument for you if you want. Seriously? Seriously. And Jeremy goes, no, I think I'm going to do it myself. And he says, yeah, I think I'm... I think I'm good without you, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he Is goes... going to cost me $29,000? Oh, right. But no. He says, no, no, no. I won't even charge you. I just want to do closing oh, argument so for you. And Jeremy's oh, like... so cute. No. No, I think I'll just do it myself. And then he says, I will pay you $10,000 to let me do your closing argument. <laughs> to say. I don't even know. The guy who sat over there and dumb emails the whole time, has paid no attention to anything, needs help. I'm going to charge you $25,000. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to help you anyway. I'm only, only supposed to sit over here and twiddle my thumbs. Hey, let me solve it. Let me let me pay you right. to do your closing and arguments. He, did Jeremy keep a straight face? What did he say? I didn't see it. Jeremy told this later. <laughs> I didn't see it. This was a private conversation because I don't think he would want anyone else to hear this conversation. To this day, I don't know if he wanted to do the closing because of the publicity. Because the courtroom was absolutely packed for closing argument. Every media outlet was was. there. Mm -hmm. All the U.S. attorneys. And it's going to be hard to explain why you're over here reading emails. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if it was just for the attention or I don't know if he thought, hey, you know what? this kind of ragtag bunch of guys has actually put on a pretty good case, even with their hands tied yeah. behind their back. Yeah, it looked they, good. I could be Superman They here. just might win, and I want to yeah. be part of that. I really don't know what his logic was, yeah. but Jeremy said no and did his closing argument. He did a great job. Marcus did a, a hell of a job, of course. They, they all did, and so did Riddle. I was, Ryan, I was so... Okay. Seriously, so proud of all of them. Yeah. Ah, every time. Like, prosecution. I can't <laughs> to sit through their closing argument. It just felt like like knives stabbing me. All these lies they'd tell. Like, it was really, yeah. it was painful. It really hurt my soul to listen to that. Well, it's hard also if you were the jury, because you don't know what the lies are, because the def- exactly. defense hasn't been able to put any information out. Yeah. So, the jury is out. They go out, like, the next day we're done with closing of our arguments by, I think it's like by 1 o'clock. So the jury's out, not just for a day, two days, three. Now, every day is a long day when you're waiting for a jury to come back. I can't even imagine. Like, your whole life mm-hmm. is waiting on them. Yep. Day four, no verdict. And I'm like... You know what? Every day that goes that they don't have a verdict, it's usually friendlier to the defense. Because what it means is... Oh, really? Yeah. If it's really clear that the person is guilty, they can usually reach that conclusion pretty quickly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I was afraid it was going to be the opposite. Okay. Nope. Nope. Usually, the longer the jury takes, it's usually friendlier to the defense. It's The outcome's usually better. So I'm like, wow... Four, day, day five. What happens to the jury over the weekend? Do they just stay and keep going and keep No, going they would go things, home. Or do they have... Oh, they can go home. They okay. can go home. They can't read anything. 
So they haven't been sequestered. They're not no. stuck in a hotel together. No. Or... As they're deliberating, they get to ask questions of the judge. And any questions that they send to the judge, both prosecution and defense get word of what those questions are. I okay. think there were a few questions that came in. The question that I remember very clearly is this. The jury asked the judge, is it possible to be hung on some charges and not on others? Meaning, Oh, that's a good question. Can they, is it possible? Yep. Yeah. It is possible. But did the judge answer like that? Nope. He's like, it's all or nothing? What the judge said is, read your jury instructions. I think he did it on purpose. That's my opinion. Because the jury instructions, of course, say you need to reach a unanimous verdict. It doesn't mean you have to. But they say you need to reach a unanimous we verdict. We want you to. Yes. Right. We really want you to. They could have been hung on some charges and have a unanimous verdict on all the other charges. Okay. So then the question would be, okay, so if they're hung on some and unanimous on others, then what happens? Well, then right. the government would decide if they are going to have a new trial on the charges that they are hung on. Okay. So Jeremy had what, 86? Yes. So let's say they were hung on, just for numbers wise, they were hung on 16 of them. Okay. But on 70 of them, they were able to make a decision. Whether it was guilty or not, you don't know that. Right. But they were able to make a decision on that. So... If they said, we say not guilty on the 70, you're saying then the government could come back and say, well, we're going to retrial on the 16 that was hung. Exactly. Okay. If they would have said he was guilty on the 70, would they have gone after the 16? Probably not. Probably right? not. Okay. So day six, uh, my birthday, the jury came back. They had a verdict. And when they tell you you have a verdict, they tell you you have to be 15 minutes from the courthouse to be able to get there. I think they gave okay. us a little bit more time than that because my guess is so the media and all the other judges and they could be there. everyone, mm -hmm. there were a lot of people that wanted to be there. And oh my gosh, like heart pounding moments. Mm -hmm. So when you walk into the courtroom, does everybody go back to the same places? Yes, except I'm in the gallery. Right. But Jeremy and all those guys are on the one side, and the prosecution is on the other, and everybody else is in the gallery. Yeah. Okay. And the gallery is packed full. Packed. Oh, I'll bet it is. Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, there were people and standing. Tom? Tom is on the What's same Tom? row. Tom and I have our same, like, usual Places. seats on that okay. same row. But the row is okay. packed full now. Usually there were okay. a lot of empty spaces between us, or a few, mm -hmm. and now it, there are people everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. I, and I don't know some. A lot of them I recognize sure. from TV. A lot of them, I know the judges that are in the room. The head U.S. attorney, I see him there. Like, it is packed. Okay. And Jeremy's family's there. His wife is there. Oh, his, it, yeah. And Scott's family's there. I would think there. all the wives Yeah, all the there. wives yeah. are there. Everyone's there. And they start yeah. reading through each count, 86 counts for... On each person. Yes. Yes. Okay. And they read through those counts. Now, it takes a while to read. And the jury's sitting there for this process. We have no idea. I'm not going to be surprised no matter what comes out of this. Right? I Because the way we got screwed, I have no idea yeah, what they believe. Yeah, you just been shot down. Yeah. You and just have holes everywhere. Mm -hmm. So how they do it is... So they read through each count. Okay, like on counts one through five, bank fraud, like for Scott Levitt. How do you find Scott Levitt? Not guilty. 
in the counts of bank fraud for Jeremy Johnson, how do you find the defendant not guilty in regards to Ryan? Oh, defendant. so they just went yeah through each okay. one. So and not just like all of Scott's. No, nope, no, they didn't do of all of Scott's. They, they went did. through each one. If you guys were all on bank fraud. They did all the bank frauds oh, yep, together. All those counts together. So the, then, okay. then Ryan Riddle. Okay, that makes on, sense. The defendant Ryan Riddle. How does the jury find Ryan Riddle not guilty on wire fraud? Scott Levitt not mm-hmm. guilty. Jeremy Johnson not guilty. Okay. Ryan Riddle not guilty. And they, we went through this okay. for each one for each defendant, each. And as we go across, and then we get to the last one: false statements to a bank. Scott Levitt. How do you find the defendant? Not guilty. So all 86 felonies for Scott, not guilty. He's acquitted of 86 felonies. He's done. So to explain the emotion of that, like, were there a lot of tears? Did he collapse in his chair? Was his wife hysterical? Did someone yell, yay, in the crowd? No. Was it No, was because it we're all, like, or- these guys, I've never seen a team like this before. I've said it from the beginning, and they were... And they were a team from the beginning to the end. So it okay. wasn't like they're like, yay for Scott because... Go Scott. Yeah. Okay. Nothing happened like that. Because you still had two because others, had two to others. To So see. then they say, okay. on false statements to a bank for Jeremy Johnson, there are eight counts of that. How does the jury find defendant Jeremy Johnson on false statements to a bank? Guilty. Oh, you're kidding. What? Like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, in that moment... It's like my heart, like, just tore in half. Like, I'm so happy for Scott. And I'm so devastated for Jeremy. Mm -hmm. And what about the third guy? There were five counts of false statements to a bank for Ryan. How does the jury find the defendant Ryan Riddle on false statements to a bank? Guilty. No kidding. No kidding. So, I'm... Like I say, I'm torn. Absolutely torn. Oh, how can you not be? I'm, and I'm sure it was just like a vacuum, like, whoop, Yeah. All the noise went out. Yes. And then I bet everybody was just like, what the hell just yeah. happened here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we listen to all of these charges and they're not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, but you can't, you couldn't re- relax because there's no, still so many no. more coming. Well, but I'm thinking, yeah. hey, you know what? False statements to a bank, like... Those are the least. Remember, the judge said that. These are the least of your charges, Mr. Johnson. You don't have to worry about those. Yes, I'm not going to let that. And those are the ones that they got guilty of. And that's the one they found him guilty of. And he couldn't bring that woman in. Yeah. And we couldn't bring the recording in. And that's what Ryan was convicted of. And do you know what it was? That little square on the merchant account application, on the app, the top corner, Uh it said, how many employees do you have? Remember... When Jeremy called Wells Fargo and he said, I have a thousand. She says, it doesn't matter. She said, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Wells Fargo never looks at that. And so she personally filled it in for 150. Because of that, not not from her application, because iWorks had done similar things where they had put like 100 or 150. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. even in court, it came out that Jeremy had over a thousand employees. So that wasn't a true statement. Mm -hmm. So the jury convicted on that tiny little box. Wow. False statement to a bank. I'm thinking, like, okay, like, well, that's the least of them, so that won't be so bad. Well, the judge, because Jeremy had... Yeah, so now what happens? The judge... So once the... 
So once the verdicts are read, and everybody knows, so Scott's now done. Scott's done. But Jeremy and Ryan are not. They're not. So does Scott get up and leave? Or yeah, is Scott can still... get up and leave and go home. Okay, and the, so tell what happened next in the court. The judge ordered that Jeremy be placed in custody because he thought he considered him a flight risk, even though they'd taken all of his money away. Okay. So Jeremy went to jail waiting for sentencing. And where was Ryan? Ryan was out. So that was in March, the end of March. And sentencing was set for July. So Jeremy's in jail for the next few months. Okay. Now, explain the process. Is it the judge now that decides the sentencing yes. time, the years and everything? Mm-hmm. And can he include the months that Jeremy is already in jail? He can. And the sentencing guidelines for false statement to a bank are zero to six months, the federal sentencing guidelines. So I'm thinking... Oh, I'm thinking, oh, okay. Six months. Six months. And if he runs eight counts, if he runs all eight of them consecutively, we're looking at 48 months. So they, like, I just don't see that happening. This is a false statement to a bank. So most likely it'll be six months. He'd already served six months while he was first arrested. So I think we'll be able to get through this. This six months will be all right. But the fact that he put him in jail immediately, and it was three months just to wait to sentencing, raised an eyebrow for me. I was Mm -hmm. really, really upset. Now, that's actually not what happened, that they followed a six-month guideline. I couldn't believe what happened. I've never in my life felt like I was more upset and distressed by what was happening in trial that I was going to jump up and take a risk of getting arrested myself. You've got to listen to future episodes to hear how that all came down and how they twisted that. It is crazy, but you got to listen. And then he made an order that no one could talk to the jury. Wait, what? They were done. You mean after? After it's over. After it's over? Yeah. He said no one can address the jurors. I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but I'd never seen anything like that. Remember in the Chinese espionage case? Like, literally, Uh I was talking to the jurors as we walked out of court. Yeah. You want to know, what did you guys think? What did you hear? Yeah. What, yeah. what piece mm-hmm. grabbed you? What didn't? How did, how did this come across? Mm-hmm. You, you, your life is invested in this, so you're, like, so curious. And, mm-hmm. oh, man. Like, so much emotion. This was absolutely crazy. These two guys got convicted of false statements to a bank. We were not allowed to talk to the jurors. I desperately wanted to. And... It worked out that the jurors wanted to talk to us, too. Okay, so if the judge says that, can they stop the jurors if the jurors want to talk? Nope. Okay. They have their agency. How can the judge be the boss of them at that point? That made no sense to me. Okay. Yeah, they had a right to do what they wanted. And they reached out to us. And because of that, in our next episode, I am going to bring one of our jurors on. Oh, wow. She is going to explain what she saw and heard and felt and how this all came down. I, <laughs> if you think my perspective I, is interesting, wait till you hear hers. Okay. And beautifully, so she is one of the women that I fought so hard for to be on the jury. Oh, okay. She didn't know that, of course. I don't even know if she knows that sure, to this no. day. But mm-hmm. we will get to meet her. Sentencing is insane. The things that happen, there's some beautiful things and some crazy things. Beautiful, good, and crazy hard. 
that come. We've got a few more episodes to tie all these things up, but okay. the trial's over. <sighs> like, intense. And I remember uh, Scott's wife, like, approaching Jeremy's wife and crying. We were all crying. It was so emotional. And she was saying, like, Charlotte, I'm so sorry. And Charlotte, I'm not kidding. These people are the kindest people. And Charlotte yeah. was like, I'm so happy for you guys. I'm so yeah. happy that you're done. And it mm-hmm. was completely sincere. Like, mm-hmm. I love these people. They are amazing. Like, a hard way wow. to get to know people. But, wow, did I get to know them. And, oh boy, do I love them. They yeah. are salt of yeah. the earth people. All of them. Anyway, the next episode, it it's not boring. It is, like, at least we know, like, the verdict. But how they spun this... To change things around than usual, like in the up next couple episodes, will absolutely shock you. It certainly shocked me. I, I, you keep saying that, and every time I think, <laughs> you think I I'm mean, making it up, I can't be shocked again. Yeah, when we started, I was like, seriously, what could happen now? Right, and you're like, just wait and see. Just wait and see. It's like, holy yeah, Hannah. we're this. There is yeah. nothing normal about this. No, the next episodes are going to be good. <laughs> still interesting and kind of crazy. So if you're still hanging with us on this long, long journey, thank you. For, thank you for listening. Thank you for being patient. Thanks for listening to Pamela Thriving.